1: Welcome to the RotoWire BFS MLB Podcast Wednesday edition. Hi there, baseball fans. I'm Paul Bruno, and once again, I'm joined by my partner in crime, John McKechnie. And we're coming to you fresh off the mid midseason meetup in Las Vegas during the All Star break. John, I had a blast. I got to introduce you to my son, who's working on the basketball side of our company. And uh, he, ha- he and I had a great time. Meeting you was one of the highlights for sure for me, as usual. And uh, I trust that you had the usual fun and frivolity mixed in with uh, your time around the table with our rotowire peers
2: oh yeah it was it was an absolutely great time you know once again we we you know to no one's surprise we did it right every night was a lot of fun it was great hanging out with you and and Mr. Dan Bruno. And, you know, it's just a great time out there every year. Always something to really look forward to. So uh, I miss it already.
1: Yeah, I know. How many days till the next one? I think it's like 360 now.
2: <laughs> you know, I may or may not be counting it down on my wall back in my apartment. Who knows?
1: <laughs> All right, John. Well, not only uh, did that go on, but we've started to see some player movement in the lead up to the July 31st. Interleague trade deadline. And here are two of the big deals that we've seen so far. Of course, the uh, New York Yankees factor into one of them, acquiring Todd Fraser, David Robertson, uh, second time around in, in New York, and Tommy Canley coming to the Yankees. Uh, they give up a, a couple of minor leaguers and Tyler Clippard uh, to the White Sox. The Sox are accumulating quite a, a bevy of. Uh, of uh, young prospects in their organization uh, gunning for uh, a dynasty, I guess, in the next five or six years. We might be hearing about them just like we have seen the Houston Astros grow something special uh, in the southern states there. So I guess that's what their model is. What do you think about this deal? Yeah, this
2: is this is an intriguing one. Um, you know, I've, I think it's been clear for some time, pretty much since Tyler Clifford started to fall off a little bit, that the Yankees were looking to move off of him. And I think the the continued back end troubles troubles for the Yankees uh, really made it clear that they were going to go out and get a reliever. Um, and I think Robertson, one of the better ones on the market, so uh, it made sense to you know do the trade dance with the White Sox in that regard. But what I found interesting about this is that all the talk had been Todd Frazier to Boston, so it feels like a little bit of like a, they're the Yankees kind of sticking it to the Red Sox a bit, throwing in an extra prospect to to make the deal work but going after a, a a guy in Todd Frazier that would have really probably helped the the Red Sox more than he was going to help the Yankees yeah. in
1: my opinion yeah, so I, I thought
2: that you. that was particularly interesting
1: I agree with you it's going to be interesting where they fit him in in the in the infield uh of course he's primarily a third baseman I guess John but might we see him go across the diamond over to first base where the yeah I mean it, it,
2: it, it's it, sure but I mean that uh playing for or transitioning to first base is far easier than it is going over to third so i, I wouldn't imagine that being a, a huge issue for them you know it basically it, it boils down to uh the yankees having a bat that's viable at the first base position and, and frazier can certainly do that if they decide to move him there
1: yeah it'll be interesting to see what shakes down then we had a trade between the d-backs and the tigers the tigers picking up uh couple of prospects three prospects for jd martinez another big bat in the arizona Dime- diamondbacks lineup boy oh boy i hate to be a pitcher looking at that group uh, on a mm. daily basis going forward uh the rich get richer offensively
2: yeah it's yeah it's absolutely ridiculous you know like the uh the diamondbacks uh, i guess one of the one of the things you could kind of point to in their offense this year is sort of the revolving door in the in the outfield corners uh and and Martinez gets to solidify one of those now so i think that's a that's a very strong move by the diamondbacks and i think this move also goes to show you uh the Detroit Tigers thought process heading into the trade deadline. I think they're starting to realize that this aging core probably isn't going to get it done, so might as well get some of these bigger name guys off the books that aren't going to be a part of the future. Um, You know, it still remains to be seen what they end up doing with with a guy like Justin Verlander, who's such a great franchise player for them. Uh, But moving Martinez was a very shrewd move, um, you know, especially considering the, the Tigers' sort of lack of depth on the farm. Um, it's kind of interesting to me that that um, they they went and got all those uh, infielders uh, yeah. with with the, with how talented iglesias is, is with the gloves so we'll, we'll kind of have to see if those guys bring the hit tools in addition to the fielding uh, that that could potentially uh, push iglesias out down the line
1: yeah they're all listed as shortstops double lugo sergio alcantara and joe king uh, but i'm sure if you can play shortstop you can play almost any infield position with the glove so uh, i don't think to, they're fretting too much about the fact all three of them are listed as shortstops. they'll move around and and get get yeah. a way to find a way to fit these guys and if two of them or even all three of them find a way into the majors at some point and hey maybe we haven't seen the last of these guys being traded in subsequent years years too but the prospect pool gets bigger in Detroit and your point is very well made about the aging core of the the Tigers I wonder if uh, this is the only move they'll make I wonder out loud if uh, some of the bigger names uh, will move I was shocked that that Martinez would be the first one though I'll say that because I thought he was part of of a group that they could have kept Uh, to grow the core for the next their next run at the the top of the division john before we get into the top of our uh, our fan duel picks tonight for tonight's games i invite our listeners to follow me paul bruno at statsman 22 and you can follow john who's a great follow at johnny McHex. john knows not only is baseball backwards and frontwards but the college basketball scene is dominated by this guy's uh, calls and uh, we're not too far off from the beginning of that uh, that talk in earnest john so i'm looking forward to seeing what you and mario puig have cooked up up this season uh yeah, on the college basketball pods uh, let's get after the matchups for tonight's games there's a very small slate of games eligible for tonight's starts after seven o'clock there's seven afternoon games in fact so that leaves us only eight games to cover in our picks uh, john why don't you take us through the first four tilts
2: all right, getting us started here tonight. We have the Rangers with Martin Perez carrying a five and six record to the mound and four five five ERA, going to Baltimore to face Kevin Gossman, Uh five and seven mark with a six three nine ERA. However, the Orioles are, uh, you know, solid home favorites here at minus one thirty six implied over under there at ten and a half. So a lot of runs expected to be scored in that one. That's a seven oh five start. Then moving up uh, into Pittsburgh, we have Garrett Cole and the Pirates hosting Zach Davies. And the Brewers Davies is surprising, 11 and 4 mark, but a 508 ERA. Um, the Pirates here are uh, relatively strong home favorites at a minus 150 implied total of nine in that one. That's a 705 Eastern start. Then we're gonna have the Cardinals with Mike Leake, six and seven ERA or six and seven mark, 314 ERA going to. Uh, Queens to face the Mets and Jacob de Gram dominant thus far this year ten and three mark three four eight e r a the Mets are minus one forty four favorites implied total of eight in that one and then uh your guys the, the uh, Toronto Blue Jays with Aaron Sanchez bounced back a little bit last time out uh three nine four e r a Going against uh, Boston in Fenway against Drew Pomeranz, a left-hander, nine and four record, three-seven-five ERA. Boston slight home favorites there at minus one thirty implied total of nine and a half.
1: John, I'm a little tired this morning because I watched that game last night. Not only was there a rain delay delaying the start, but they went what was it 15 or 16 innings something ridiculous oh my gosh. and then you know I wanted to throw the converter at the TV when Hanley went deep to decide the thing so oh. I'm a little ticked off this morning I'll be, I'll be honest uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, Sanchez to bounce back and the Jays uh, righty power bats uh, might have a shot at uh, may, uh, doing a drum beat on Pomerantz I'm counting on that bit of a rebound because I hate the Red Sox I make no bones about that well, uh, that's true uh, the, ne- <laughs> the next four games on the slate the D-backs Throwing Zach Granke on the mound, 11 and 4 is the record, 2.86 the ERA, sparkling numbers. No wonder they're a 159 favorite with a nine, uh, nine run over and under against Cincinnati. And Tim Adelman, five and seven, 4.99 for the home-standing Reds. The 710 is that times slot, and then the Dodgers and Kenta Maeda, who has been having a little trouble eating up innings. But nonetheless, carries a seven and four mark into the tonight's tilt. Four thirty-eight is the ERA. The Dodgers, heavy favorite, a minus one sixty-two with the over under set at nine and a half. They visit a depleted Chicago White Sox offensive lineup, uh, and Carlos Rodon on the mound, a one and two mark. Four thirty-two is the ERA. Eight ten is the start time. The Tigers and uh, Justin Verlander. You mentioned him earlier. Uh, he's on the mound tonight with a five and seven ERA. Wonder how many scouts will be in the stadium tonight catching his act. Uh, four thirty-eight is the ERA. As I said. The uh, Tigers a, a narrow favorite minus uh, 106. So the over/under is set at 10 in a uh, pitcher-friendly park in Kansas City. Jason Hamill for the home-standing Royals, four and eight's the record, 502's the ERA. 8.15 is the start time there. And finally, in the uh, late tilt, probably the best game of the night, the Nationals and Gio Gonzalez, 8-4 and four is the record, 266 the ERA, They're favored on the road, minus 120 with a 9 uh, over-under against the Angels. And Alex Meyer, 3-5 is the record. Jeez, I thought that was the Dodgers. That's why I said it was the best in that game of the night. It's the Angels, in fact. The my, my, they, they've uh,
2: scrapped their way along and now Trout's back, so we'll, yeah. we'll wait and see.
1: It could be the marquee matchup just because the two big uh, guys in the outfield for the respective clubs say that and they went mm-hmm. both went deep last night Alex Myers amazing three and five is the record 418 is the ERA 10 8, 1007 the start time all right John let's get into it beginning with our starting t- pitchers let's take a look at the top of the board where we see two premium hurlers priced north of 10,000 in DeGrom and Greinke do they attract your interest uh, let's make their cases pal
2: uh, I think especially on a smaller slate, uh, you know, we're going to see more ownership, uh, especially when when these two are such a big cut above of what else is out there. And pitching wise, we, we are going to see a lot of high ownership numbers for, for guys like DeGrom and Granke, even in tournaments, uh, and, of course, in cash lineups. But I, I just don't really see, you know, I think there's enough cheap bats out here tonight and other weak pitchers to target with, with cheap bats to where I'm comfortable with going with the expensive route at pitcher. Uh, so DeGrom, most expensive guy on the board, rightfully so 11,200 that honestly, isn't all that, uh, cost prohibitive for you. Yeah. Uh, when you consider he's going at home against a Cardinals lineup that, that, you know, strikes out a fair bit, you know, they've been pretty pretty close to average as far as your weighted on base is concerned over the last month or so i don't think it really matters against a guy like de grom who's got 10 10 or more strikeouts in two of his last three outings gone at least seven in each of his last six starts uh six and no record in that stretch five quality starts so obviously we always talk about quality starts as something that, that we look for um for that for that extra four-point bonus so uh de Gram. <clears throat> I think I agree with FanDuel's pricing here. I think he is the best pitcher on the board tonight. I think uh, you sh- anyone looking to use an expensive pitcher should use him with confidence. <clears throat> Sorry, um, and then uh, a guy in uh, Zach Greinke. Uh, the, the Diamondbacks' uh, their offense isn't as good on the road, but I mean this is a this is a, a total hitter-friendly ballpark out, out in Great American, and he's going to be opposed by a guy in Tim Adelman that I think is going to get lit up for the most I agree. part. Um, so I, I think that Greinke, even if he's not as he doesn't like completely shut down the Reds, it's that's a pretty tough task to do, especially out there. Um, I, I could st- still see him uh, as a Pretty f- safe lock for for a quality start you know yeah. get you get you your seven ks pr- probably get you the win too, so it 's not going to be like a, a sixty point night from granky that i 'm seeing, but certainly in the 40 s to where he can return some value for you
1: yeah, I love that call i 'm kind of leaning granky uh, John just because of the win probability. I think the Cardinals put up a better fight against the Mets, but uh the, the D backs are all over Cincinnati, I think, tonight in this matchup, given the quality of the respective pitchers that you mentioned. So the win probability takes me over to Granke's side, just a little bit over Jake DeGrom. you got to get the winner right. I mean, DeGrom That's will right. get the strikeouts, but I don't, uh, I, I would almost say guaranteed win for the, the uh, D backs tonight in that relative uh, matchup there. If we go down a notch, John, to the guys in that range from 8,100 to 9,100, we see a five pack of guys uh, that can, we can make some compelling cases for i like in this bunch kenta maeda he's had a little trouble going deep in games most recently but i look across the diamond and i see a lineup that could feature kind of a triple a look uh, for much of the rest of the season they've really taken a lot of uh hits uh and and uh, talent away from this lineup over the last couple of absolutely. years absolutely and uh apart from uh, jose abreu i'm not scared of anybody in this lineup so again i like the win probability for maeda he's a guy that can rack up some strikeouts and back by the los angeles offense again a win probability uh, Makes me think he's the best of this lot. Tell me whom you might like otherwise, or if you uh, validate my pick. Yeah,
2: I really like that pick. You know, it, Maeda has been a bit frustrating throughout the season, but you know, this is a time where if you're going to use him, uh, you know, this tonight would be the night again, against that Chicago team that, that probably, you know, their morale might not be super high right now, right. considering they just kind of got rid of everybody. It seems like over, over this last little stretch. Um, so I, I think that Maeda might be able to get out there and give give the Dodgers six uh, strong innings. And then I imagine that Dodgers offense will back him up nicely. Um, uh, Other guys from that tier, uh, Gio Gonzalez is kind of interesting to me. I've been waiting for, for the other shoe to drop with him because his numbers have been so good. But his peripherals are are not as good. Um, but he he really you know kind of shut me up on Friday. He dominated a great American uh, with eight and a third uh, innings against the Reds out there. So I thought that was really impressive. Angels one of the worst teams in baseball against lefties. Uh, so I think that uh, Gio has some factors working for him. He's going to be opposed to by a guy in Alex Meyer that I think the nationals will be able to get to pretty safely, especially with their left-handed bats. Uh, so Gio, even though he is one of the more expensive pitchers on the board, I guess he's the third one down. Uh, I, I think that uh, certainly a case can be made for him, especially considering, uh, you know, you got Cole tough matchup against the Brewers, even though it's at home, uh, Pomeranz against Toronto, some intrigue, but I don't know that that Toronto offense can can wake up at, at yeah. random times yeah. and really get you, it. I, and then uh, and then I think that that Justin Verlander has just been so frustrating, you, kind of like a, you know. It's a really flip of the coin each time out, whether he's going to be like Justin Verlander or be just a complete replacement level pitcher. So I think Gio would be my favorite of this tier.
1: Yeah, I like the call on Gonzalez. He would have been my number two. Verlander is my third option uh, for all the reasons that you mentioned. But I'm a little bit concerned about the familiarity that a couple of the Royals have against him, particularly Sal Perez, who's really lit him up over their yep. career. And uh, the up and down season that Verlander has just does, doesn't give me the confidence to spend $8,700 here when I, I'm more comfortable saving saving say $600 to get Maeda. Pomeranz is a guy that I wouldn't take tonight either because of the reasons you said uh, the Jays offense righty leaning tonight and some of the some of the guys uh, from that side of the plate uh, the left side of the plate even can get to him when uh, when they get a chance but I look at Smoke he's a switch hitter he'll have an, a chance to go deep he's gone Got uh, great stats against lefties all season long this year and uh, for his part Jose Bautista uh, much of his homers have come against left-handed pitching and he loves hitting in Boston too you can't discount that fact as well Russ Martin uh, will probably get a rest behind the plate so uh, maybe Montero gets a shot at uh, Pomerantz tonight could be uh, a bit of a savings when we get to the catchers we can talk about him a little bit too John what about any other guys below the seven uh, the eight thousand threshold Aaron Sanchez for the uh, the Jays Certainly a guy that I like. Uh, he can rack up some big, big-time big Ks if he can go deep into this game against a pretty free-swinging Boston lineup. They probably will be tired tonight after that game that they had last evening too. So uh, I look for Sanchez. He needs to go deep to save the Jays bullpen as well. This could be a, ch- a chance for him to have a big game score uh, in, in that matchup. Any other guys in this grouping? I like Mike Leek, one of the better ground ball pitchers against DeGrom. I'll go against him with Leak uh, because he's pitched well all season long, I think, and and uh, is an inning eater for the cards. And this is a team that I respect so much just because of the history that they've had over the last several years. They just find a way to grind it out and and be in the in the periphery of the, the pennant race. And it's guys like Leek that, that you don't hear much about, but they chalk up the innings. They keep this team in games when they're on the mound. And I think this will be another case where he might do it. Those are the two guys that I, I like in this range. Uh, you want to highlight some others?
2: Sure. And, and again, adding to your point on Sanchez, uh, because that game went so long last night, uh, you, you got to figure that, that Gibbons probably gives Sanchez a bit more of a leash right. uh, to get deeper into the game. So if Sanchez brings his, brings his stuff that, that he brought on Friday, as opposed to what he was kind of working with uh, pre all-star break with all those blister in, uh, concerns, uh, then I'm kind of with you on that one. That's an interesting pick. Um, I think moving down the list, it, it's really tough to make a case for a lot of these guys. Yeah. Zach, da- Zach Davies, I guess, is is sort of interesting, uh, but that's a Pittsburgh lineup that has woken up a little bit. It's back to full strength with uh, with Marte back in the fold. Uh, I, I think everyone knows that, that Zach Davies, uh, when you want to use him, is is on the road. He's got a five and zero mark there, five six two ERA uh, away from Miller Park, but. Um, there are just some peripherals that, that go along with that number that and the uninspiring uh, strikeout numbers that, that sort of uh, make him less than an appealing uh, option for DFS. I think he's just truly a, a contrarian play and, and nothing more uh, this evening. And then a, a guy in Rodon, uh, I, I, I'm in on the talent, but I just haven't quite seen it uh, this year since he got back from injury. And then, you know, it's just tough to justify using a pitcher against a, a Dodgers lineup that has won 30 out of 34 games in 10 in a row so you want to avoid that at all costs. That's
1: been highlighted as the greatest streak for any team to win 30 games in a row dating back almost 100 years John. I heard that the other day. I think that's a remarkable stat. It's silly. It's uh, otherworldly fantasy fantasy type numbers. Uh, One other pitcher I'll talk about here opposing Justin Verlander, we kind of are down on him in this matchup. That helps build the case for Jason Hamill, who's uh, been very consistent as a starter in his last six or seven outings. He's only allowed more than three earned runs in one of those tilts, so he'll give them innings in a park that is hitter is uh, pitcher-friendly in KC, so he has a chance to, to put up a decent game score if he can recede for the win and pitch long enough to, to hang around for more than five innings get that quality start. So another name down in the, the pile of pitchers here that might make sense if you want to save some money and go elsewhere and spend the big buck. Before we do that, John, though, I want to give a nod to our friends at FanDuel. Uh, Certainly, FanDuel's back and it's better than ever. Fantasy baseball is around for everyday fans. Uh, When you play baseball, you can do it every single day, of course. There's new contests starting every single day. No busted seasons. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and compete against other fans. New this year, there's an upgraded experience. There's late swap contests. You can edit your players right up to the start time of their individual game. No more worrying about a late lineup scratch or a sudden storm. Non-late swap contest are still available too updated scoring well we've talked about the quality start that adds four points to your pitchers total so they'll have more control over their own performances and you want to get the right guy to get that four point bonus every chance you get we have a friends mode we enjoyed creating our league in roadwire for the first half of the season leading up to the big big night uh, before the hall uh, star break uh, where we had the a lot of money on the line and a fun a fun out- outcome for a few of the winners. They were bragging about it down in, in Vegas, too. I caught a couple <laughs> of them. Choose the days that you want to play each day with your buddies. Contests will be created automatically. Plus, there's a leaderboard that will keep track of how you all stack up against each other. John, in the se- we're in the second half now. And we know some of the also-rans uh, are, are clearly identified. Do you, when you're making your DFS lineups, stay away from these low-ranking teams when you make your picks at this stage of the season when playing DFS?
2: Uh you no know, it's interesting <clears throat> And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be as forthright with this answer as I can be because there are some teams that, that I really, it's like, uh, I look back and I'm trying to think if I even have used like one of their players this yeah. season, you know, uh, some some guys like, like a Chris Davis on the A's, he's probably the only A that I've used uh, other than like the the brief little uh, Yonder Alonzo boom earlier in the season, or, or you know, I'm sure you're, you're th- when you bring up a, a bottom tier team, I'm sure you think of a team like the Phillies, Phillies, you know, they had some kind of well-known commodities in Odubel Herrera, Michael Franco, guys that have really, really disappointed this year. So you got to kind of. Uh, dig a little bit deeper because, uh, you know, some of the Phillies uh, pieces like Nick Williams or, or Nick Pavetta right. uh, are, are interesting. So you got to keep an eye out for, for these teams that are kind of giving uh, younger guys an opportunity to see regular playing time. And that's where I think uh, the profit potential exists with these younger teams uh, for DFS purposes. John, I,
1: I love that answer. And it gives us a chance to highlight what we do at Roto- Rotowire. We get the lineups up very early and we keep an eye on, on roster trends. We can give you a history of what's going on with each team team's lineups over the last uh, several games. So it behooves uh, the the fantasy player, the DFS player, to take a look at the resources that we offer at FanDuel to help you make the wisest choices and uh, maybe not lay off some of the teams that are considered the Ulceran. So a great answer and uh, and. Uh, some good insights by you there, as usual. We Appreciate remind you. our listeners to have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer. At FanDuel, you can certainly be sports rich. Sign up today. Go to fanduel.com rw. There's a special offer for new users. Deposit today and you get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus five free entries. That's up to $50 in value to try a variety of sports on FanDuel. For our Canadian friends, that's even more money when you think about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's fanduel.com rw. Okay, let's get into our position by position picks, John, starting with the catchers where we see Yasmani Grandal as the only receiver priced above 3000 That's a season low, I think, given the, the only the eight games. He's only $3,100 tonight. We can mm-hmm. look at this position as a punt play with these price tags pretty much, but I think there are some rewarding types in this grouping. What say you?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, a, a lot of the times, uh, you can, you can kind of easily get biased off of, Oh, this guy is the highest price guy. Thus he's, he's the best option. Well, in Grandall's case, like talent wise, uh, right now, probably, but, uh, I don't like him against left-handed pitching as much. His power numbers against lefties are, are, are way down when it, when he has to swing from the right side of the plate, uh, his average dips a fair bit when, when that, when that's the case as well. So I think that, that, 3,100 against uh, a right-hander from the White Sox. I, w- I would certainly be all over Grandall, but uh, not at this juncture. Uh, so then you're, you move down the board a little bit. Uh, Chris I- Iannetta, I can't really tell if he's getting the great American ballpark bump here because I, I feel like generally he's closer to, to your 26, 2,500 range, but he's at 2,900 now, um, I assume, uh, just because he's going against Edelman it, uh, and the Reds here. Um, and then, as you mentioned earlier in the show, uh, Sal Perez has really great uh, career numbers against right. Detroit, and you know, they're significant. There, there's enough of a sample there to where you can make a bit of a judgment call on that. Uh, I think you bring up a good point about Russell Martin potentially being out tonight because of just the uh, the, the length of that game from last night. Yeah. Um, So that that's a bit difficult, Um, but on the other side of of the uh, Sal Perez game, uh, I like Alex Avila a little bit against uh, Kennedy. Uh, He he draws the lefty righty matchup, so I think that he makes some sense at twenty six hundred.
1: Yeah, if you're considering a total punt play, I would make a case for Miguel Montero. This guy's a a pretty good hitter. he will be lefty on lefty against Pomerantz but I think the Jays will have Pomerantz in trouble, and Miguel Montero, if he gets even one knock with runners on base, could pay off at handsomely at this price. Two grand is all it is, but I I think somewhere in the middle of this board is where I find value that I'm most comfortable with. I'm looking at a guy like Francisco Cervelli. He's an on-base machine, this guy, every year, Mm -hmm. and he's in the middle of a potent Pittsburgh lineup. So I I think I can make a real strong case for him at $2,500, given the quality of his matchup tonight against Zach Davies. A bloated 508 era and for his part cervelli has been carrying a hot stick of late he's had three multi-hit f eff- four multi-hit efforts in his last six starts so i'll take that hot stick and that discounted price and plug him in as my catcher of choice john is there anybody else here you want to highlight before we move out of this catcher position
2: um I'd say potentially Wellington Castillo against uh, Perez because because of the platoon advantage there. Um, but otherwise, I think that that guys like Cervelli, if you want to go middle tier, and uh, Montero, if you if you're just going for the punt route, I think both those guys are, are really nice plays this evening.
1: All right, pal. Let's go over to the first base position, where the money is a little bit more freely spent. At the top of the board, we see Goldsmith and Cabrera, the two two guys above the four thousand mark. They bear a little bit of discussion uh, on their own. Again, I think Miguel Cabrera is getting on, getting along by uh, name recognition here this year. Batting average two sixty five. That's a low for the last several seasons for him. He yep. faces Jason Hamill. I think he's in for a tough night against Hamill, who has managed, as I said, to keep his team in games. So I really don't like that matchup as much as I do the Goldie one Uh, in Cincinnati you mentioned it's a hitters park well this guy is one of the premier hitters in all of all of uh, majors so uh, why wouldn't you play him Uh, again uh, this looks like a discount you 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 say it best uh, against Tim Edelman a so-so pitcher who's uh, been lit up a little bit his last few starts so uh, I'm loving the Goldie matchup here.
2: Oh yeah, I I think it's it's hard not to um and he you know Goldschmidt is a guy that that's gotten hits or multiple hits in every game back since since the All-Star break he's got he's carrying it uh, you know, a seven game hitting streak. Um, but I, I guess the one concern, if last night is any indication, is that the Reds want no part of his bat in in their ballpark. So they're just going to walk him a bunch, which obviously, you know, if they walk him four times again, that, that does give you uh, a solid floor. But, you know, when, when you're paying up $4,300, you want you are wanting uh, your guy to, to get up into the higher teens or into the 20s or, or beyond there. So that that's the only reason for concern for Goldschmidt for me is just, that uh, the Reds are just going to try to pitch around him a little bit to get to get to a guy like Jake Lamb who's really really struggling uh, since since the All Star break, but I still think that Goldschmidt is the best. Uh, first base option I, I wouldn't be surprised if he is a top scoring first baseman this evening
1: well and I'm going to give you another couple of names to think about in the next tier and as we look through the rest of the board on, on the first baseman John Joey Votto of course another hitting machine on the opposite side of that game uh, is, is on fire this season at $3,700 I think that's a discounted price for him largely because of the quality of the pitcher on the mound but still this is one of the game's best hitters as well Justin Smoke I, th- I told you off the top that uh, he eats up lefties and he's been doing a great job of it all season. Season long. Uh, The Jays all-star full value at $3,600. And I think he gets a chance to really come up big for the the Jays in a game that they have to get. Uh, Then beyond that, there's uh, a bunch of players. Eric Hosmer is another guy that I like. He's had a terrific year against, and he's had a nice career against Verlander as well. So uh, there's three names that I like on the board. Give me a couple that you do.
2: Um, I think moving down the list a, a bit, um, I think Josh bell going, going against, uh, Zach Davies when he gets to hit from the left side of the plate where he's got some serious pop. Um, I do like bell a fair bit. Um, even though, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Davies tends to pitch a little bit better on the road, but you know, I'm just not sure that that's something that's going to hold up for, for all that much longer. Um, I think Ryan Zimmerman really kind of stands out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not, not as hot as he was earlier in the season. Uh, but he's still a very consistent player, um, you know, checking in at thirty two hundred uh, out in l a against a kind of a weaker opponent. Uh, I think that he makes some sense, but on on that same team, actually is where I'm looking uh, in a guy named Adam Lind. I think that the Nationals could potentially stash him in at the DH in an American League ballpark. Uh, and he draws the lefty righty matchup. And, and Lind has just been when he when he plays this year, when he's in the lineup, he's been, uh, you know, automatic. So I think that a twenty seven hundred, uh, you know, usually you and I don't even think about going below thirty four hundred at first base. But I think uh, tonight with the kind of weird slate and you got to find a way to se- separate yourself a little bit, I think Lind would be the way to do that uh, at the first base position
1: yeah in a platoon situation too uh he really lo- loves it against the righty so I-, I like that call a lot john uh what about if we go over to the second base position this is a one that's got a couple of premier options and daniel murphy and dustin pedroia both of them doing very very well of late uh, pedroia always p- plays well against the jays i hate this guy uh, <laughs> you know, he gets the uniform dirty makes the great plays offensively and defensively he was a stud last night and and uh, more often than not he is and he gets the favorable matchup against sanchez he knows him and he'll make he'll try to make his, his best to make his life miserable for sure. Murphy, what can you say? This guy's a hitting machine and he gets a nice matchup in LA against uh, a nondescript pitcher in Alex Meyer. So I like that matchup, matchup the ready lefty thing. You want to add to that and then take us down into this list a little bit?
2: Yeah, I think I think Murphy, especially if you're thinking about stacking nationals tonight, I think he he's kind of a linchpin to that stack right. because he's at 3800. Whereas, uh, so you don't necessarily have to change the way you're making your lineup where, uh, the way you do if you if you roster Bryce Harper for 5100, um, and especially if if you have Lind in there as well, uh, you know that, that sort of averages out to a pretty you know low three thousands price tag that you're effectively play, paying for both. Um, VR is a guy that I like uh, pretty much every time out. Uh, You know, going against uh, Cole, I think that he makes some sense at thirty-one hundred. Uh, as far as your second baseman are concerned uh, scope at 3000 going against a lefty he also makes some sense and he seems to uh, be kind of starting to stick in the upper part of that lineup he's not he's not like banished to to hitting seventh or eighth anymore the way he was earlier in the season so I think that only ups uh, scope's potential and you know uh, I think we both noticed that that Orioles uh rangers game as one of the higher implied totals that we've seen in recent weeks uh on a wednesday um so you definitely want to get some exposure to that game so scope and odor would both be ways of going about that because uh both pitchers on the mound have effectively just been gas cans for most of the season
1: no question about that call at all john i love everything that you said there uh i might mention scooter Jeanette, this guy He has is capable of having Ridiculous. the big night, uh, as we know. Three hundred five is the batting average on the season. You have a, he's having a tremendous year, and you wonder if he's got anything uh, in store for Zach and And I'll just throw that name out. Thirty-two hundred dollars—a pretty interesting price tag. You can make a good case for him in that matchup, I think. So let's move on to the hot corner, third base. Anthony Rondon having a tremendous season for Washington. You mentioned the stack possibilities. Maybe you're thinking of throwing this guy in too. Uh, right behind him, Travis Shaw, Justin Turner. Josh Donaldson, although Josh gave me a scare last night when he came up a little bit lame with that jammed thumb, but seemed to recover nicely and finished the game. Uh, he'll be salivating to get a shot at a lefty Pam Pomerantz too. So there's some compelling choices at the top end of the third baseboard. Which of these guys do you like?
2: Uh, let's see here. So uh, I do like Rendon's matchup, but he is expensive. So it, it's, it's going to be tough to get multiple of those nationals with, with, that are above that or at that thirty eight hundred or above price tag. So, um, you know, for, for me, I would have to go with a cheaper pitcher in order to, to get that full uh, national stack. But I think it is possible. And I do really like uh, his upside for this evening. And Shaw is a guy that, you know, uh, beginning of the season, if you thought that he'd be at thirty nine hundred after the all star break um, in the second highest Price third baseman on, on the board. You know, I would have thought you were absolutely crazy, but that, that's just the way he's been swinging the bat uh, in the upper third of that uh, really potent uh, Brewers lineup. So you got to like Shaw's matchup here, uh, even against a guy in Garrett Cole, who's one of the one of the aces, and then Justin Turner, uh, 3800 as well. So uh, I think my favorite of this grouping would be Shaw of the guys that are 3,600 and
1: above. Good call there. And if we move a little bit lower, I know you're going to like Jake Lamb in that matchup in Cincinnati. I like Nick Castellanos a lot in in, uh, Kansas City tonight, given the quality of his recent performance. He's been a hot, hot stick, one of the hottest in all the major leagues. And so I I, I think one of those two guys is my third baseman of choice. If I had to pick one, Uh, Unel Escobar, another guy you can make a case for if you go down a little bit more more into uh, the depths of this uh, range. So, John, John, give me a couple of guys in the plus 3,000 range that you like, and then maybe one more uh, kind of flyer like I did with uh, Escobar.
2: Well, I I do like your your Castellanos call, and I pointed out, um, I I believe on on Friday's podcast, that that Castellanos is a guy that has been near the top or at the top of, of the hard hit rate. Uh, in all of baseball for like this entire season, and finally the the batting average on balls is play on balls in play is starting to normalize and starting to to kind of fall in his favor uh so he 's been you know scorching hot to start off the second half, and I think that, that that continues uh here, so I like him more than I do like Jake lamb, and I know it 's like almost sacrilege for me to to say <laughs> anything bad against Jake lamb, but the way he 's swinging it right now it's just been very disheartening, and maybe facing a right hander in great American ballpark is you know, all he needs to get himself back on track. And I could totally see that happening. Um, but I think for for tonight's purposes, Castellanos would be my pick uh, over Lamb, as weird as, as that is to say.
1: John, if we move over to the shortstop position, it's interesting. At the top of the board, Trey Turner and Sander Bogarts, two of the top three guys at 4,100 and 3,200, are both on the DL, leaving Corey Seager as a clear favorite from FanDuel's point of view at 4000 Against a lefty. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, $4,000 the price tag there. Uh, do you play him or do you go into the lower regions where I see names like Zach Kozart at $2,900? I don't quite get that. I mean, uh, certainly uh, Granke has a lot to do with that, I'm sure, but but Cozart's having himself a great, great season, and we know that's a hitter's park, so that's a great uh, discount on his normal price tag I think and I, I can make a case for him but I also like Jose Reyes and the matchup that he gets tonight in New York against Mike Leak a guy who gives up the ground ball well Jose is pretty f- fleet of foot still and uh, he might mm-hmm. sneak a few through and then he's a, a tear on the base pass still possible so uh, I, I like the possibilities with Reyes he's had a so-so season I don't think he's going to be very highly owned but uh, that's one of my flyer picks for tonight uh, I'll say but uh, I like Cozart in this range a lot too what do you say about him specifically and others in this range that uh, you might like
2: yeah the uh, you know i like you mentioned uh the 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 Granky discount is on the table here and i think it, it's a bit much uh yeah. for for a guy like Kozard. i think like unless he's facing a, a kershaw or a scherzer <clears throat> it's hard for me to, to think that Kozard should be priced anything less than like a 3200 on a given night um so i I do like uh, that element to it I, I think Elvis Andrews uh, should draw a fair amount of ownership because he's one of the bigger names uh, on the board that is healthy. Um, I think that Seeger's going to be low owned he might sneakily be be an excellent play tonight because I, I think a lot of people will see that lefty matchup and see that four thousand price tag and shy away. Um, but if you can make room for him, Seeger might might be a really nice uh, tournament play this evening uh, but I think Andrews is probably the guy I'm going to be rolling with for, for most of my uh, lineups at shortstop at $3,000. i will
1: throw one more name out there. It's kind of a homer pick when, uh, when you'll hear the name. It's Troy Tulowitzki, but uh, geez, he's been hitting, up, hitting the lights out. He had a four-hit game last night, first to four-hit game of the season. He's only 2700 bucks. gets the benefit of that lefty-righty matchup, and I'm expecting the Jays to be all over Pomerantz. So Tulowitzki could be an interesting buy at $2,700. John let's move into the outfield ranks where again at the top of the board this is where I think we can spend a lot of our money since there's some discounted position players elsewhere uh, let's take a look at the guys over the six uh, four thousand dollar range there's six of them including Bryce Harper and Mike Trout going head to head and they're at the top of the board here
2: uh yeah that that's just an unbelievable display of talent that we that we get there with, with Harper and Trout and it you know you could kinda tell they were they were up to, to match each other uh last night and I imagine we'll we'll be seeing that again. Um I think that this is one where <clears throat> they both have relatively
1: <clears throat> I'm sorry. Uh <clears throat> take some water, take some water.
2: <laughs> oh man. I'm sorry everybody, a little sick right now. But I think Harper Harper and Trout both have, you know, platoon advantages in their in their given matchups. They're, really, the question is, do you have room for them? Uh, yeah. Because I think either, both of these guys are going to have monster games uh, this evening. Um, I think that uh, I'd probably give a slight lean to Harper, but he is, like I said, he's 5,100. So it's almost impossible to have a, t- a high-end pitcher and Bryce Harper in your lineup. So you're going to have to get creative in order to do that. But but I think, you know, Harper would probably be my favorite play from this above 4,000 uh area and I think JD Martinez might want to might want to introduce himself properly uh to the Diamondbacks uh offense by uh by potentially uh, going yard out in Cincinnati. So I I like him at 4000 as well.
1: Well, you know what? For me, uh, one of my favorite guys in all of baseball is Andrew McCutcheon, and I'm glad to see he's having the bounce back year that he is enjoying, and it's nice to see him back in the $4,000 range as well. Uh, I'm a big fan of this guy. Power numbers are back in place. He's been hitting up a storm most recently, one of the hottest hitting outfielders in all of baseball in the last month. And so I think that has a chance to continue in the matchup against Zach Davies tonight, uh, carrying a five plus ERA into this matchup against that potent Pittsburgh offense. And McCutcheon, you know, will be right in the center of it. So there's some thoughts on that range. If we dip down into the 35,000 to 3,700 range there's a number of compelling names here too one of them that I like is the super utility guy that the Dodgers have trotted out this year and Chris Taylor and his price tag is starting to reflect the quality of the season that he's enjoying uh, to date and gets the chance to feast on the White Sox tonight and I think uh, he is well priced and a good value uh, even at that price tonight uh, what say you about this range I also like Jose Bautista I, uh, he kills it in Boston and particularly against lefties both those boxes are checked So that's two of my guys that will be featured in my outfield.
2: I definitely like both of those calls. Uh, I think that Conforto at thirty seven hundred uh, seems like a bit a bit of a steal. I mean, thirteen of his home runs have come against righties, and he'll be facing uh, right hander uh, this evening in Mike Leake, and he hits at the top of the order. He's been uh, tremendous since moving into that leadoff role. Uh, so I like Conforto at, at thirty seven hundred a lot, um, and moving forward, Domingo Santana against against Garrett Cole, uh, he's a guy that that can, uh, you know. He's got the home run potential on, on any given night, and I think that the Brewers are able to, to kind of get guys on in front of him, and then they can also bring him around once he gets on base. So th- those are two of my favorite guys for, from this region. Uh, A.J. Pollock, you know, uh, go, go, keep, keeping with the Diamondbacks theme uh, out in Cincinnati today, I think at 3,400 uh, makes some sense. And then Mark Trumbo is also starting to find uh, his power stroke to an extent. Uh, he's got several home runs since the All-Star break, uh, so he's looking a little bit better here, and he, he draws the platoon advantage uh, against Perez. So at 3,300, uh, you could certainly do worse than, than Trumbo.
1: Yeah, and one final name in this range that I like is Jay Bruce. He's been sh- showing off that power stroke, 24 bombs already this year. Gets the benefit of the lefty-righty matchup and uh, in that game between New York and St. Louis uh, at home, so I like him as well in this range. John, what about any uh, other outfielders in the region from 3rd, 3400 on down through the rest of the board any names that jump out to you
2: uh, trey mancini is a guy that that uh, homered uh, in, in tuesday night's sort of offensive explosion i, I think that he could potentially uh visit the seats again uh this evening against Perez and he's just 2800 uh Tommy Pham's a guy that, that I've been using uh a lot recently with, with good success uh it's just hard for me to justify using him uh with this matchup tonight it's a little bit too tough for me uh going against DeGrom and then if you have if you have to go way down to to find your last uh outfield pick uh I think You'll, you'll have to check the lineup, again, to make sure, but uh, Brett Phillips is a guy that that recently had his first Major League home run, one of the better prospects in the Brewers' uh, system, and I, I think that, that Cole probably isn't long for this game uh, this evening, and he he draws a platoon advantage here. So 2,200 if, if you really need to to... Sort of punt an outfield spot. I think you could do a lot worse than Phillips. You just need to make sure that he's in the lineup.
1: And I'll give you two more names to think about. These guys have a chance to go yard in Baltimore. One from each side, and that's Adam Jones. I'm going to take him. He's he's uh, another guy that I really like from your club. And uh, in the middle of that potent offense against the pitcher that. Uh, uh, is not too uh, inspiring for me I think that Orioles have a chance to run up a score but I do th- feel the same way about Texas in this game and Nomar Mazar has worked his way into a, a middle of the order spot he'll be facing Kevin Gosman who's been a Kevin Gassman most of the season this <laughs> it's season it's been bad <laughs> he's 39 ERA so those are two more names to think about John we've given our listeners a run through each position now it's time to go to to our list and see what our lineups think uh, look like so give us a quick rundown about who you like tonight
2: all right. So this is probably uh, a better, a better lineup for, for your cash formats, but I, I still like this one overall. I felt pretty strong about it. So starting off at pitcher, we got Jacob de Gram again, uh, going at home, most expensive pitcher on the board, going to get against the Cardinals, uh, make sure that the weather's fine, uh, but otherwise use de with confidence there um, at catcher. I like Alex Avila, uh, you know, relatively cheap for the floor that he gives you at 2,600. Uh, Adam Lind is my first baseman uh, just based on, on the, on the cheap price, plus the platoon advantage in the potential of him, uh, stepping in as the DH there. I think that he makes some sense. And then I coupled him, uh, with Daniel Murphy, get, get some nationals into the lineup. Uh, and then for third base, uh, you like this guy as well. Uh, Nick Castellanos, if you needed to use another guy in that sort of region, I think Machado would make some sense. He's, he's $200 more expensive, uh, than a guy like Castellanos. But I think we both like Castellanos the most, of this tier of third baseman this evening, um, Elvis Andrews is my shortstop. I, I think that he draws a good matchup and he's had uh, more power this season than he has in, in any other uh, year of his career. So he's been really impressive to start. And I think that continues this evening. And then as far as my outfielders go, I have Brian Goodwin, uh, who's been the table setter for the Nationals since the injuries to Turner and Michael Taylor. Uh, he's at 3,400. And I think that he makes some sense. Trey Mancini uh, got a little bit cheaper in the outfield. And then Brett Phillips is my, is my punt play in the outfield to, to make all of that fit in at 20. 200.
1: Excellent, John. I know we agree on a couple of names on this list, so that makes me feel confident about my picks because you've been red hot all season long. I like Kentamaid. I made a case off the top. This is a based on the win probability largely and i'm hoping that he goes long enough to qualify and racks up a few k's against a lineup that should be very uninspired uh with what's gone on with their roster in the last week or two with the trades and other rumors $8,100 a price tag on him francisco cervelli i made the case for him tonight an on-base machine at the catcher position $2,500 really cheap so i'm happy to get him in there and i made the case for a couple of blue jay bats tonight one of them justin smoke he mashes lefties he gets a chance to do that in one of the the most hitter friendly parks with that uh inviting left field um, wall and uh, Daniel Murphy we made both made the case top of the board at second base uh, if you want to save a little money I'll go for the Baltimore second baseman Jonathan Scope who's uh, capable of hitting the long ball and he'll save you 800 dollars here if you want to go down that route Nick Castellanos a guy that's too good to pass up in in the matchup at, at KC tonight 3300 dollars really like that call John and then my punt play on the board is Jose Reyes I made the case today I think that uh, at 2900 dollars this guy is has got a favorable matchup and he has a chance to do some damage on the base pass as well uh, with the stolen base then in my outfield i made the case for jose bautista loves bo- playing in boston gets the lefty on top of that that's a tasty combo for me easy pick at $3,500 and i'll surround him with chris taylor the super utility guy with the, the dodgers and, and uh, a favorable matchup against kansas city and then rounding it out jay bruce who's had a great year hitting the long ball and uh, has a chance to do it against one of the best pitchers in baseball tonight in uh, de at $3,500 so i think that's a bit of a contrarian play but i'm counting on the hitter to beat the pitcher in that one john uh, let's see what the rotowire lineup optimi- optimizer has in store tonight
2: all right so starting us off here uh, it, the optimizer agrees with you that that maeda is a really nice pick for this evening uh, he checks in at 8100 and he's your starting pitcher uh, in the optimal lineup we have alex avila uh, drawing the platoon advantage out in kansas city we have joey Votto uh, going against granke you, you got to figure that at 3700 even still going going against Grankey maybe that drives down uh, Vado's ownership percentage a little bit there. So that's an interesting one. Uh, Matt Carpenter now that he's second base eligible, he's he's plugged in at the Keystone. Going against Degrom, lefty righty matchup, but certainly a tough one. Uh, third base is Josh Donaldson, thirty six hundred assuming that he's back in the lineup. Uh, and then you have Elvis Andrews going against Gossman. I think that's a really nice play at 3,000. Uh, and then the the optimizer is a big fan of Mike Trout, 4,700, uh, back in the lineup, obviously. Um, I think that he's a nice play here. A.J. Pollock uh, is your second outfielder at 3,400, out in Cincinnati just getting more exposure to that game and then uh Starling Marte at, at 3,000 going against Zach Davies at home John, uh, is also another one
1: John we expect to see some more wheeling and dealing over the next few days before the deadline if you had to look at one team and say this is a team that I know will make a deal which is that club
2: you know I, I think that um you know it doesn't necessarily change anything from from you know what they're what they're going to do uh at, at at certain levels, but I think that, or I think that the Astros trust they can make it the rest of the way with, you know, with Carlos Correa banged up a little bit, but I think it, it might put the pressure on them to go out and, and, solidify the rotation a little bit to, you know, cause they, they have to figure that their offense might not be as optimal, uh, sans Correa. Uh, and, and so instead of kind of leaning on these piggyback starts that, uh, you know, who knows how sustainable that is. They're sort of, uh, the Guinea pigs of, of the sort of to using two short starters. Uh, but I, I could see them. I've heard that they're uh, sniffing around about Jeff Samarja. I don't think they're going to make a super splashy rotational move, but I see them adding at least one more arm that they can get some innings out of, uh, to, to kind of fortify them heading into October. How about you?
1: Well, I'm going to say when the Yankees make a move, I always look to see what Boston's going to reply with. So I, I think they're deep in in the offense. So maybe I look for something in the bullpen or maybe even in the starting rotation. They've got a mitt full of options uh, at the starter slot, but I think they'd like to upgrade. And And Sonny Gray is out there and I see that as a pretty good fit. So I'll be looking for that possibility myself. John, we've given lots of uh, information to our listeners, both in terms of DFS tonight and uh, the landscape and the trade deadline. I'm looking for to seeing how we pan out with our plays tonight and uh, the trade deadline we'll we'll uh, have a little chat about it next week but until then i'll remind our listeners uh, to follow johnny McKe- john at johnny mckex i'm paul bruno you can follow me at statsman 22 and we wish you good luck with your fan duel picks come back to listen to our pods on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition so long everybody